Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's live video. Um, So I'm going to be using the recording of this for my podcast. So if you're listening to this as a podcast, you're very welcome to go and find the video instead. Um, It'll be on my Facebook page, so you just need to go to Siobhan Booth um, and my Facebook page will come up. So if you prefer to watch the video, um, I know sometimes it feels a bit weird, this disembodied voice coming through your earphones. So if you want to come in, see what I look like and interact with the video yourself, then please do come and find me on Facebook. So today I'm going to be talking about some of the different techniques that we can use to basically help calm ourselves down when we're struggling with anxiety. So the main techniques are meditation, mindfulness, self-hypnosis and also something that you might not have come across before but it's becoming a bit more well used, um, applied relaxation. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk through some of the major differences between those approaches um, but also a lot of the similarities as well because there are actually quite a few similarities between them and I'm going to make sure that you kind of understand the point of them and why we use them. So I'm going to talk as well about how you can actually use these approaches to help yourself if you're struggling with anxiety, which let's face it, we're still in lockdown here in the UK um, and it is quite stressful. It's been quite stressful even for myself. So although I've been able to carry on pretty much as normal and continue working, um, it has still been quite a stressful period of time, particularly um, I'm feeling it more today. Um, and I will do over this weekend because I was supposed to be running the London Marathon on Sunday. Um, so that's something that has been quite dramatically affected by this whole situation. So I'm hoping that the information that you get here will be helpful to you. It will give you something that you can actually have a go at at home. So I'm going to go through how you can learn self-hypnosis. Um, and I'm also going to leave you with a really simple mindfulness exercise at the end and also a really simple self-hypnosis exercise at the end as well. So you can have a go at those things today if you want to. So talking about the key differences between all of those different approaches. Um, now, it is a good thing that things like meditation and mindfulness and self-hypnosis and all of these kind of um, self-directed tools are becoming a lot more fashionable. This is a really good thing. I know some of the Puritans out there don't like that it's becoming fashionable, but my opinion is that anything that brings these kind of tools to the kind of public really is a fantastic thing. So I'm more than happy that these things have become fashionable and lots of people are engaging in them because I think that's fantastic. Now, meditation, generally speaking, comes from a desire or an aim to clear the mind completely, so not think anything at all. Things like mindfulness are more about developing an appreciation for uh, the current moment, experiencing life in the current moment, experiencing the thing that you're doing in the current moment. Things like self-hypnosis are more about developing a calm focus, uh, which is really, really beneficial for loads of other techniques, which I'll talk about in a bit. Now, applied relaxation, you might not have come across applied relaxation before. Um, It's starting to become known a lot in terms of research, um, and it's used by a lot of people that don't like the word hypnosis. 
So one of the most common applied relaxation tools is something called progressive muscle relaxation, which is one of my favourite uh, hypnosis and self-hypnosis processes. So there's all of these different techniques available to you. Although they come from different backgrounds, things like meditation often have a much more spiritual aspect to them, whereas mindfulness has been developed as a Western non-spiritual version of meditation, really, to an extent. I know there'll be lots of people that disagree with me. Um, whereas things like self-hypnosis have more developed from some of the psychological tools that we use, particularly in sports psychology. So where we're talking about things like visualisation and things like that. Now, those of you who have um, seen a lot of my content before will know that as a hypnotherapist, I am also a scientist in the background as well. So my version of hypnosis is not as alternative as other people. So we don't do things like past life regression. Uh, we don't entertain any paranormal type um, uses of hypnosis. So for me, it's very therapeutic and it's very much based on what evidence there is out there that can suggest that what we're doing is actually beneficial to help with the issue that somebody wants help with. So that's the standpoint that I personally come from. So there will be people who use meditation in a very spiritual way, and that's absolutely fine too. The great thing about having this range of different options out there is that you get to choose what suits you. And that's a really key thing uh, for me personally when I'm working with clients who are struggling with anxiety is that nobody's the same as everybody else. We're all very unique individuals that think in different ways. So the key thing about all of these different techniques is that you find the one that works best for you. Now, I personally like to mix it up. So I like self-hypnosis a lot. That's my preferred tool and I'll talk about why in a bit. But I also love mindfulness. I think it's fantastic. As a non-spiritual person, I don't tend to go down the route of meditation or looking for any kind of higher answer to anything. So for me, the self-hypnosis and the mindfulness are really useful tools, especially when we're talking about managing the symptoms of anxiety. Because as any of you that have experienced anxiety know, it's extremely stressful and it's extremely difficult to control if you don't know what you're doing, basically. Now, in terms of research for these approaches, it's actually really easy for you to find out what research there is out there about these kind of things. So if you quite simply Google hypnosis research or mindfulness research uh, or meditation research, you'll get in your Google search uh, results something called Google Scholarly Articles. Now, this is what we use uh, when we're writing academic papers, basically, in order to find other academic papers that we can reference, we can look at. But you yourself can actually go in there and you can have a look at the different studies that are available. Now, all of these approaches do have really good evidence behind them. Whether you use a more spiritual version or a less spiritual version, it doesn't really matter. So you can actually go into Google and quite simply have a look at all of this. Now, the reason I prefer self-hypnosis is because of the type of person that I am, which is why earlier I made quite a big deal about the fact that you have to find the thing that works for you. Now, I have quite a busy brain. I like to think about things a lot. I like to think things through a lot, but that also means I'm very prone to worrying, uh, cognitive distortions, which I talk about on loads of other podcasts and things like that. That's the kind of brain that I have. So for me, things like meditation, 
clearing the mind is really hard and I'm really not very good at it and I don't enjoy it and it doesn't really de-stress me personally. So this is why it's important to find an approach that works for you. So for me personally, self-hypnosis is the best tool that I can offer clients because there's a process that you can go through to learn how to do it effectively and then there's a whole range of other techniques that you can add on to self-hypnosis in order to help yourself out depending on what you want to achieve and that's the key thing here we can talk about the philosophy of all these different approaches we can talk about how they developed we can talk about yoga principles we can talk about buddhist um, philosophy but for me the key thing about all these things is what do we achieve by doing them what do we get out of it so obviously for me, generally speaking, that's helping people overcome anxiety. So with things like self-hypnosis, we can add in other techniques. We can add in techniques like visualisation, which is really well used in sports psychology and allows us literally mentally to practice doing something before we actually do it, which is really cool. And because it's in our head and uses a lot of the imagination that we um, tend to have as a child, we can control how it goes in our head. So we can imagine things going in the best possible way. We can imagine ourselves as the most relaxed, calm, confident person in a situation. And it might seem like make-believe, like you're making it up in your head, but there is actually evidence to suggest that if you practice these things in your head, it actually improves your performance. Hence why sports people tend to use it a lot to help them with their performance when it comes to um, things that they have to do. So that's why I like self-hypnosis. But that's not to say that the other approaches are not good. So find what works for you, have a go at it, and practice. Now this is the key thing. All of these techniques are best used when they're practiced regularly. So you can't necessarily um, just start using them as soon as you get anxious. In an ideal world, what would be best is to practice these things when you're feeling calm, when you're feeling relaxed, explore them, experience them, understand them a bit better within yourself, and then they're a lot stronger for when you want to use them in an anxious situation. So if I'm working with somebody, for example, who is not very comfortable doing public speaking, which is really, really common, then we don't just use self-hypnosis just before. We use self-hypnosis in the entire run-up with a number of different techniques in it. So that's a really key point. Things like mindfulness, meditation, self-hypnosis, applied relaxation, if you prefer to use that term, are best used when they're practiced regularly. So find an app if you wanna have a go at mindfulness, there's loads of free ones, or find somebody like myself that can teach you self-hypnosis and learn how to do it step by step. Now, the reason I'm talking about a lot of this is because I've developed an online course and the online course is about learning self-hypnosis. So it takes you step by step through some of the background information about what hypnosis actually is, which is a whole nother big discussion that we can have, what self-hypnosis is and how you can use it for anxiety. And it takes you step by step through some of the easier exercises that we can teach clients, along with a few videos and MP3s to make sure that you're actually doing it in the right way and understanding it. And then we can take you on and teach you much more advanced versions of self-hypnosis. So you can actually start using it in stressful situations, to prepare for stressful situations, in sports situations if you particularly want, um, 
Use it for those situations that you know are going to cause you stress and anxiety. A really common one that people like to use self-hypnosis for is when they wake up in the middle of the night. Particularly if they're the kind of people who worry about things. And this is something that I used to have a massive issue with. And it's something that I sort of still have to maintain quite a bit on a regular basis. Is that moment when you wake up in the middle of the night and there is literally everything going through your head. That's when learning self-hypnosis and knowing how to use self-hypnosis in that particular situation is really, really beneficial. So this course, it actually launches on the 16th of May next month. Um, and I'm doing a nice launch for it because it's a really cool course and I'm really excited about it coming out to everybody. So it'll be launching on the 16th of May. If you are interested and you would like to be involved in the launch where there'll be loads of discounts, um, there'll be stuff going on, there'll be extra modules, extra bits and pieces from me because of the, the fact that it's a brand new course, then all you need to do is to add yourself to the priority list. So I will post a uh, comment if you're watching this on Facebook in the comments below. If you're listening to this as a podcast, then it will be in the description. So you can add yourself onto the priority list. And what that'll mean is that when it opens on the 16th of May, you guys will have access to it. And there'll also be some special launch discounts and a few extra bits and pieces as well. So make sure you get on our priority list as soon as you possibly can. And head to the link in the comments or in the description in order to do that. Now I want to chat a little bit about how I use self-hypnosis and how it's benefited me. Now I talk quite a lot in other videos, in my podcasts and things about my own experience of anxiety. I'm always quite open and happy to chat about how difficult it was because it was horrendous at the time. Now self-hypnosis has really given me a lot of the tools that I need in order to overcome a lot of the issues that I was facing. So for those of you who don't know, I failed my first degree um, because I was struggling with the academic requirements and I was really struggling with assessments. So things like coursework and things like exams and things were causing really major anxiety and panic attacks. Also things like giving presentations. I had to do that for the first time properly um, at university and it went horribly wrong. It was absolutely awful. It was really, really bad actually. I'm so glad that there weren't things like videos and Facebook around when I was at university because it would have been absolutely awful. So for me, self-hypnosis has been very much about learning how to manage the symptoms of anxiety. Because as some of you will know, although I failed my first degree, I have since done a degree and I'm currently studying a master's degree as well. So all those same anxieties around coursework, assessments, exams, I've had to deal with and self-hypnosis has been a really key tool. Also, some of you will know that I give regular talks. So I do workshops and I've talked at health summits and things like that. And again, self-hypnosis has been such a really valuable tool for me personally in order to kind of allow myself to go and do those things. So make sure you head over to the priority list and get yourself signed up so that when that course launches, you have the opportunity to have a look at it and see if it's something that will help you because it has been designed to teach you how to do self-hypnosis and also how to use self-hypnosis to overcome anxiety. Now, I said at the start that I would finish by giving you a couple of really simple exercises that you can have a go at. So I've got a mindfulness exercise for you and I have a self-hypnosis exercise for you. So, the mindfulness exercise is really simple. 
and I absolutely love this, this is one of my favourites. In an ideal world, if you can do it whilst you're outside, that's better. You can do it in a garden, you can do it looking out the window, um, or you can do it on your daily exercise, that's absolutely fine. But remember from the start, the idea of mindfulness is to build an appreciation of the current moment. So this exercise is really, really simple. It just goes through each of your senses in turn. So you ask yourself the question, what can I see? What can I hear? What can I smell? What can I taste? And what can I touch? And that's a really, really simple mindfulness exercise that is really beneficial just for enjoying whatever's around you at the time. When you're experiencing anxiety or you're becoming overwhelmed or you're having that kind of issue, it's also a really useful technique for kind of distracting your brain and getting it to think about something less stressful than the thing that's going around in your brain constantly. So you can use that really simply, just each of your senses in turn. What can you see? What can you hear? What can you smell, taste and touch? Now the self-hypnosis exercise, um, which is a really nice one, I really like this. Um, it really uses a lot of the imagination, which is a really key part of self-hypnosis. And very simply, all you need to do is find yourself somewhere quiet. Hopefully, we're not going to be interrupted, although I appreciate if you've got kids at home, that might not be an option. Get yourself comfortable. Close your eyes. And just imagine yourself in a safe and secure place. Now, your safe and secure place can be anywhere. It can be a place that you've been before, it can be a place in your imagination, it can be a previous holiday, it really doesn't matter where it is. The only important thing is that for you, this place feels safe, secure and relaxing. And for the purposes of this exercise, all you really need to do is just spend a bit of time there, noticing what's around you, noticing what you can see, you can hear, Noticing the things about that place that make it relaxing, peaceful, calm for you personally. And it's amazing how just taking even a couple of minutes out can really calm stress levels, really calm anxiety levels, calm frustration, can calm a lot of these feelings that often come up, and particularly in the situation that we're in now where particularly a lot of families are in very uh, close proximity, Having that opportunity to go away and just have a few moments in a nice, calm, secure place is really, really beneficial. And this is one of the ones that I like to use when I'm struggling to sleep. Because instead of your brain racing through all the things you need to worry about today, or in the morning when that comes around, you can spend a bit of time in this nice place instead. And it just helps you relax and feel better and feel calmer. Now, if you have any questions at all, please do put them in the comments. Um, I will go back and answer them. So uh, don't worry if you're watching this on a replay or something like that. But I really hope you all manage to stay safe, uh, stay inside apart from your daily exercise. Um, and I really hope that you all manage to get through this so that hopefully we can return to some semblance of normality, but only when it's safe to do so. So I hope you have a great weekend and that's all for me. So bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.